was a clear black night, a clear white man, Warren G was on the streets, trying to console some search for the so I Hello and welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. I'm your host Patrick and with me are my cohort co-host cousins, the Jerry, George and Kramer to my Newman, Derek, Justin and Tyler. We are recording this episode on January 26, 2017. So the reasons for the lit tune are because Elijah Griffin, who is the son of rapper Warren G, is also a 2018 four-star cornerback who just happens to like Nebraska. Uh, next Wednesday, a huge day for Nebraska, uh, signing day, and that holds a lot of promise for the Nebraska Cornhuskers coming into the 2017 season. With that, Tyler, any news that will make next week much more bearable for Husker Nation? Unfortunately, this week there was no big news. Um, you know, guys, right now, you know, we've put a lot of stock in Mike Riley coming in as a recruiter guru, and there are some big names on the hook for next weekend. I don't know if in recent memory, if we've ever had a weekend as climatic as this is going to be. Our recruiting class could range anywhere from a borderline top 10 to not even a top 30. Um, but the big recruiting news I think of this week was Elijah Blades decommitted from Florida. And this kid is the number three DB in the country, according to 24-7. Um, he's an absolute stud. And right now we're the heavy favorites. But next week, we're going to have a podcast on signing day. We're going to have a lot of things to talk about. Joe Lewis, does he go? DeMarty uh, Lanier, does he go? Greg Johnson, Damian Daniels. We have a bit, lot of big names next week. We're going to be able to discuss where it is. So. I'm pumped about where we are are with recruiting right now, and I'm hoping for a strong finish next weekend. Amen. Me I hope too. that's yeah. I hope that's the case. Uh, it's something to look forward to for next week, and uh, from your lips to the corn god's ears. Uh, but in order for us to look forward to the future, we unfortunately have to take a painful trip to the past. So with that, uh, we'll go into our 2016 retrospective of the Nebraska football season, as promised. Uh, in retrospect, boys, uh, what was the main story coming out of 2016? Uh, Justin, we'll start with you. Well, for me, it's going to be a tale of two seasons. Here we are in Nebraska. We start off 7-0. Everybody has great feelings. All the fan base is optimistic. We're going to make it to the Big Ten title game. We're going to kick butt. We're going to do everything. And then we lose to Wisconsin, which is okay. We can redeem from that, right? Sure. And then Ohio State happens, mm. and everything just completely derails from there. That. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We we just weren't the same team from Ohio State on. So we go seven zero and finish off two and four. Uh, there's a lot left on the table to include a uh, dismal performance against Iowa and Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. So, so, so to me, you know, it, it was the high hopes for the fans, great, and then it was like the the yeah. Fans. It all just went downhill from there. Derek, sure. you, have, you have anything to add as far as memorable uh, moments for the season? The main well, the main story. Well, sure. I mean, I, you know, but before we get into that, I, I just like to go backtrack just a little bit and, and, you know, the whole thing that Warren G's son is interested in us. How much does it take away from Warren G's uh, credibility to find out his last name is Griffin? His name's Warren Griffin. <laughs> this is like, this is like Carlton here. I mean, 
it kind of takes it kind of takes away from his credibility of being the gangster rapper. You know, I mean, well, it, yeah. it was, anyway, it gives him a reason. Sorry, that okay. he went with G too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, okay. So the the main storylines, I guess, to me were, uh, I mean, obviously Sam Fultz was a huge story with everything, all the, all the other teams that did for us on, and losing him. It was were very respectable, and and you got to love all the other teams for doing that, and that, and it was great. But to me, I think the biggest storyline was uh, uh, Bruce Reed and Mark Banker getting fired because I don't think any of us really thought that that would happen. I mean, these were his, this were Mike Riley's buddies, sure, yeah. and I, I don't know that. Any of us really thought that would happen, and Are you surprised that? Ha- I mean, obviously you're surprised it happened, but does that change your opinion of uh, Riley? That um, you know he actually wants to win, he wants to get a championship, and he's going to be willing to cut some, you know, cut some bait in order to get the fish, so to speak. Well, I don't. I don't, maybe. I mean, it's either that or he's scared of losing his job. Probably I don't know. Matter. Yeah, uh, Justin, you had any comments? Well, I don't think Bruce Reed should fool any of us. I mean, th- I think that was expected. I mean, we all expected that to happen. Mark Banker was definitely a surprise. I mean, he was he was uh, Riley's lieutenant, you know? Sure. We didn't expect that to happen, but... So I'm just going to throw that out there. Well... Bru- but, Bruce but, Reed, that's not I a think, surprise. I think a lot of it is because Banker probably doesn't have the youthful energy that Diaco brings to the table. I mean, he's youth, he's he's young. You probably relate to the players more, and I, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, along with the 3-4 scheme. Uh, Tyler, we're leaving you out. Sorry, man, but what what do you think was the main story coming out of 2016? You know, I, I think when I look back at this year, you know, you know, Derek, I don't know if I'm going to remember the coaches being termed. Justin, I don't know if I'm going to remember – the you know the kind of the second half. What I'm going to remember this season as is the end of the Bo Pelini era. I mean, you had guys like Tom Yarnstrong, Josh Mandaris, Nate Gary, Terrell Newby, Jordan Westerkamp, all good Huskers in their own right. All guys that will live in some sort of history mm-hmm. in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And but these were Bo Pelini's guys. These this was Bo Pelini's scheme. This was Bo Pelini's players. Coaching staff did a great job adapting to it, but you know, next year the training wheels per se are off. I mean, Mike Riley, this is all on him next year. He needs to own these two last years. This will be part of his legacy and his resume forever in Lincoln. But next year begins the Mike Riley true era in the Lincoln. And I, I'm excited to see it. So the prologue Amen, is over Amen. and we get into the nitty-gritty of the story. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I think he's happy he's got his own crew. He's got a young crew. Uh, they don't have that old baggage on them that the Pelini crew had. So it's a clean slate, fresh digs. Let's see what happens. Uh, let's uh, go through this then. We'll go through the good, the bad, and the ugly of 2016. So let's start off with the good players here. Who is the best offensive player of Nebraska for 2016? Uh, we'll go with you, Justin. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. I'd like to put you on the I spot. am going to go with the guy that I think, well, this is really hard to say because there's not a lot of options, I think, mm-hmm. on the side. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have a lot of great players on offense. 
But I'm, I am going to give it to uh, Tommy Armstrong here. And it's basically only because of his esca- his escapability uh-huh. there behind the line of scrimmage to make things happen, to hide the flaws of the offensive line. Yeah, and, of which were know, many. Oh, my God, the offensive line was terrible. But we, you know, Tommy Armstrong, he really covered up all of those flaws, and he was doing some magical things. Riker Five couldn't do those magical things. Mm-hmm. I get it that uh, Tommy Armstrong, his passing ability was not there at all. It was he. He may have declined this year. I I tend but, to agree uh, with that too. But be that as may, his leadership, his running ability, and his command of the offense really made him for me the uh, the offensive player of the year. I concur. Okay. Uh, Let him yeah. have it, George. Let All him right. have it. All right. Who wants to speak up, George? You got you got any thoughts, George? Derek, well, you are George, obviously. I'm George, so I'll, I'll go ahead and go here. Uh, you know, I, I struggled. I, I looked through every stat I could to really try to find an MVP on offense. And I couldn't really find one, so I just kind of defaulted to Armstrong. Just because. <laughs> so you gave him damning praise. How, how typically I mean, Derek look, the, or the George guy, the is the case, maybe. He, he regressed from last year. I, his interception total went down, so I, I... He only had eight interceptions this year compared to the 16 he had last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, we didn't have a thousand yard rusher in, in a offense that we thought we were going to try to emphasize on the running. And it, it wasn't there. The running game wasn't I had to there. Give it to Armstrong. No, it wasn't. And, and you could blame the offensive line for that, and that's great. But at the end of the day, we still had nobody on offense that looked great. And so, by default, I give it to Armstrong. Just best of a, the best of a bad I, bunch. Yeah, uh, Tyler. What about you? Who was your best player for the offense? I, I can't believe our George Costanza, our Derek, <laughs> dare pick Tommy Armstrong. I thought for sure he was going to bash Tommy. Um, That's every his default setting. I, I mean, I I don't understand what happened. Um, you know, to me, the pick for offensive player of the year, you know, Tommy, he is going to be a quarterback I'll remember in Husker history. Um, he had a good career at Lincoln, but his senior season probably wasn't his best year, even no. as a starter. No, um, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. I think he the system got better around him that let him do some things. Um, that's all success, but he regressed in a lot of ways. Um, the my Offensive player of the year is the one guy on offense that exceeded my expectations. It's a guy who carried us to at least four victories in the fourth quarter. It's Terrell Newby. I mean, this is a guy who I, I had picked as a 500, 600-yard back, and he completely outperformed expectations. He made up all of his yards in the fourth quarter. What about the previous three? Can you can you answer for that? Uh, I You know what? At the end of the day... In the clutch time, he came through. And when you look at greatness, if you look at my MVP, the most valuable player, 
It's the guy who would carry us to victories. And we rode him to so many victories this year. It, it, it was the reason why we had whatever moderate success we had this season. Funny you mention that. That's why I go with Tommy Armstrong because he wrote us to a lot of victories. And, you know, <laughs> I'm a big old fan of mythology and storytelling. That fits Tommy to a T. Game-winning touchdown on cramps against Oregon. He can embellish that story for as long as he likes. I was on the same blood clots as Frazier, and I scored a touchdown. Uh, he scored a touchdown <laughs> against Purdue. Somersaulted in the end zone, tore his hamstring. Again, a warrior. A true warrior, a true clutch performer, tough as nails, and he threw that YOLO bomb to Stanley Morgan. So he does have a cannon for an arm, believe it or not. So I'll go with Tommy Armstrong right there. Uh, what about oh. best? Yes. Yes. Harrison. I'm going to see another YOLO bomb again. <laughs> you might get some from the gunslingers coming up, but we'll get to them. Uh, what about for bad? Uh, we got some... Uh, uh, well, let's not get to bad just yet. We still have the defense to worry about. Uh, what about uh, for the best defensive player? And Derek, you're full of defense because you're very defensive. Uh, who, who's your best defensive player? You know, honestly, I really struggled to find this guy. There are a lot of guys that probably deserve this. I mean, Banderas had 93 total tackles, which led the team. Mm-hmm. Ross DeSertis had 13 tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. And, you know, I, I, I but at the end of the day, I, I kind of had to give it to uh, Chris Jones with with three interceptions and 10 pass breakups. Talk about out-of-the-box thinking. That's that's pretty impressive there. Uh, Justin, what about you? Who's your best defensive player? Well, I'll, I'll, I really do like Derek's pick of Chris Jones, and I had him on my list. He was actually my number two when I rated it. I like uh, Kieran Williams. Uh, he had five interceptions, which led the team. He had 69 tackles, which was fourth on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made really clutch plays throughout the year. Uh, Chris Jones, again, he was solid. One guy that I did not consider, he disqualified himself, was... Nate Gary. Shame, isn't it? Yeah. It is a shame. He was a senior captain. He was uh, suspended for the first game. Douche moved during the Wyoming game, mm-hmm. throwing the ball uh, at he the quarterback. He chucked the ball. He chucked it very contemptuously. Here, yeah. here, little boy, here's your ball. Yeah. yeah. He's, br- yeah he, he's bragging to a quarterback. It's Wyoming, for God's sake. And he's bragging and rubbing it in. To that team, you know, after we're up 30 points. And then further, this guy is ineligible for the bowl game because he can't make his grades. A senior year. His senior year senior he does year. this. This, yeah. this is a cap. Yeah, senior yeah. captain. Well, senior captain, it's terrible. Well, Derek. I think you could make the argument that maybe he was trying to sit out that bowl game because of the fact that, you know, a lot of players are doing this now. But just not going to your classes and not doing your homework to fail classes seems like a potential way to just say, you know, I don't want to say I'm sitting out the game, but I want to sit the game out. So he's basically following the trend of so many players 
which honestly, he should be above that because he represents the University of Nebraska as a student athlete. And he's got plenty of facilities out there, the Student Life Center, where he can bone up on his academics. He's got tutors that would be more than happy to help him. He has no excuse for that. Tyler, who's your best uh, defense player? Okay, I think this decision is very clear. We had some great defensive play. Our defense approved a lot this year. Chris Jones is a good pick. Kieran Williams is a good pick. But I think the obvious answer is Nate Gary. It, this guy was second on the wow. team in tackle. He had four interceptions. Yes, I understand. He crapped out at the end of the year. He didn't go to class. But you guys are vilifying the guy and acting like he's a bum. He, When he was on the field, he was the enforcer of the team. He's clearly the best player we have. The guy has never missed a back day or biceps day in his life. He, he's, he's an yeah, enforcer. He's Bane on the field. He is a super villain. He struck fear in the defense. I mean, this, this guy, he was a stud all the way through, represented black shirts, in my opinion. Tyler, he is not a black Tyler. shirt knight, for one thing. And for the yeah, other thing, and for the other thing, he was a captain. When you're a captain on the Nebraska football team, you have to represent that team. And you are looked at as a leader. That is not leadership. And he let the team down. And you can't argue against that. Tyler? I would pick Caleb Lightborn above Nate Gary. Okay. Well, first of all, Dustin, we all know that's a damn lie. We know your feelings on him. But, well, you know, you act, like, you act like Nate Gary went out and stole a bicycle or something. I mean, this guy, he overall was a good player. And this, I mean, yes, the great, that was a disappointing and to his career. There's no doubt about that was a worse. Worse. Caleb Lightborn stole a scholarship position. Funny you mentioned stolen bikes because I would go for the best defensive player to be uh, Josh Banderas. He led the team in tackles. I'm very fond of that linebacking crew. Uh, Michael Rose Ivy, he had a good year, but you got to give it to Josh Banderas. And he does my favorite thing as a player. He starts out he starts out in a bad place, but he gets better as he goes along. And by the end of his senior year, led the team in tackles and a consummate black shirt. All right. And with that, we're going to the bad side of the equation. Our worst offensive players of the uh, 2016 season. Derek, you're just itching for this. So you go ahead and you give me your worst player. My worst player, really. So... Again, let, let me defend myself when I give this answer that I said that I picked my offensive player of the year by complete default and understand that I think that Tommy Armstrong is probably our worst player. He, he won some games for us, yes, but he also lost us some games. And he didn't play well. He had the worst completion percentage of his career uh-huh. at Nebraska. Dating back to his freshman year, where I mean he was pretty bad too, but sure, he threw for almost fifty-two percent in his in his freshman year. He threw for fifty-one point four percent this year. I mean, he so, was I up mean, and down. I mean, you could make that argument. He had his I moments, mean, he, but he was, yeah. He, he wait, was wait, 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 Derek, are you picking Tommy Armstrong as our offensive MVP and least valuable player? I mean, if you look at it in terms of running. As a positive and passing as a negative, I can see his point because 
He had some terrible games where he just couldn't pass the ball worth crap. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Derek's off his high rocker. I mean, when I look at this <laughs> year, I you know, when I look Derek. at our least valuable player, um, you know, on, on offense, the guy's name that stands out to me is Nick Gates. Um, you know, he is one of the players, you know, going into the year, we had really high expectations for, but he definitely had a sophomore slump. I mean, the guy, he was supposed to be a linchpin in our offensive line, and our offensive line underperformed a lot this year. And Nate Gary in pass protection got bailed out by Derek's most valuable and least valuable player, Tommy Armstrong. Uh, Nick, Nick Cates made it a lot better. He, he hurt the team. I hope he rebounds next year because I think he has got, the kid's got talent. But uh, uh, very disappointing season for the kid. Justin, what about you? Who's your worst uh, offensive player? The worst offensive player. Uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of agree with Tyler here. Uh, I want to say worst, more like uh, disappointing, and that's got to be Nick Gates, right? Hmm. Because this guy was, we kind of thought he was going to be all Big Ten, maybe even potential all Big uh, or all, all all American. Sure. Yeah. And he just wasn't there, and I get it. Injuries happen, and he wasn't the same player. And it that was really depressing to see. So yeah, I like Tyler's pick, Nick Gates. Fair enough. Um, but but yes, can, yes. Let me add. Let me add this here. Okay, I don't okay. think it was our yeah, worst yeah. player. Okay, he wasn't our worst player. Is it was, it was uh, disappointing, you know? Fair. Okay. Okay. Uh, for me, I think the worst player was probably Divine Zigbo. He was a oh yeah, he was a big Good. disappointment. Uh, it, the thing is, you got him as the as as uh, in my mind, he's like an amalgam of all the great uh, well of of a, of a Nebraska running back. He's big, he's got speed, he runs north to south. Where was that during the season? I mean, he just didn't show up, and obviously the coaches lost confidence in him. So. I'm, I, he, he's my pick for worst. Uh, and then on the defensive end of the of spectrum, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Tyler, we'll go with you, your worst defensive player. You know, I, you know, this is a tough one. But to me, I'm looking back at the sophomores again. Um, the sophomore slump was real in Lincoln this year. Uh, Deidre Young and uh, Freedom Akinmonara, whatever you say his name. Akinmonara. We all damn well know I'm going to butcher his name until he graduates Lincoln. I mean, there's no way I'm ever saying his name right. Right. And Dominican Sue all over again. <laughs> it, it, it's worse than Dominican. But, I mean, both those kids, you know, I, they had really good years last year. I had expectations for them going forward. But they both look slow to me. I don't know if they bulked up too much, but both of them underperformed all season. Uh, Justin, what about you, your uh, worst defensive player? Well, I probably wasted this pick here, you know, with going with Nick Gates, but I'm going to combine the two into a special teams play here. And I'm only, only going to give you, Caleb. I know, I would. I would. Caleb Lightborn, have I mentioned that yet tonight? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say Caleb Lightborn only because he's got a negative two yard punt. A seven-yard punt that's 15 rows up in the stands, 
and a completely terrible decision to run a fake on the Nebraska side of the field. I think yeah, I, I, I get it. He was yeah. putting a he was putting a tough situation at the beginning of the season. I mean, he you know. was, but he's got but you one have to job. the ball. You have to he's punt. You pick it. Kick it's a very simple ball. game. You catch the ball. You punt the ball. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Derek, what about you? Who's your uh, who's your worst uh, defensive player? Well, unless I mean, okay, on, on Justin's defense here, let's not forget this guy was a scholarship player, and I mean, like you said, all you got to do is kick the ball, and I don't know how you end up with a negative two yard punt and a seven yard punt, but to me, outside of Ross deserves the whole defensive line was disappointing. Like, we had no pressure on the quarterback all year long. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And with, with, with Banker's defense, we didn't blitz a lot of linebackers. So it was solely put – pretty much pressure was put on the defensive line, and they did not succeed. I like John Perella. I think he will do better in, sure. in year um, But – this year was disappointing. I I was hoping for better out of him in the defensive line this year. Well, he's going to have that new scheme too, and he has uh, he did play in the three four in, in NFL, so that'll help. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the new scheme. Uh, for me, worst defensive again. I got to go with Nate Gary. I he just didn't he didn't perform I mean he on the field he did great but he threw it all away at the end of the day and I I just can't get past that you know he didn't finish strong he finished very poorly and I I I, I just can't get past I that. mean the kid made a mistake Patrick I mean I understand I'm disappointed too but I mean you're I think you're being a little harsh on him well he's a senior and he's a captain and he represents the team and that's all there is to it all right. He didn't so, beat a woman. He didn't punch a child that had cancer. I mean, he he he, he didn't show up to a couple classes. I mean, yeah, but I think you're being a little like, rough on the he kid. Had like a, he had to like, he had to like dipshit throughout the season. He did. You can't argue with that. And uh, since we're getting into the ugly area, let's go with the most di- disappointing moment of the season, and uh, we'll go with you, Tyler, since. Uh, you have a lot to get off your chest. Well, th- this this one, this is a tough one for me. I, I don't know if I've been sober since this day, but <laughs> I, and my dear alumni, my childhood uh, heroes, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, went into Iowa City the hellhole of the United States of America, this great country, and lost by 30 damn points! I do not understand how in the world that game could possibly happen. Um, It was one of the most insane moments I've ever seen. We got blown out in a game we were not competitive with from the start Mm -hmm. against the yellow jackasses, the chicken wing. (laughs) failures of the Big Ten Conference, a team that barely had won so many games going into that. I mean, we know showed that that game is a game that could get a coach fired, 
it sure as hell did with Mark Banker. Sure. And, uh, I mean, it just it was a terrible, terrible game. I tell you what. While you're talking, I'm rocking back and forth. And I just want to say, sing it, my brother. Sing it, my brother. <laughs> uh, preaching to the compl- choir, Justin. Is that what oh you're Oh, my God. I completely agree with you, Tyler. That was the low light. And you know what? And I get it. Ohio State, that was a terrible game. We got blown up by 59 points. But that was a game where I don't think any of us had us really winning Ultimately, you know, deep, deep down inside, none of us thought we were going to win that game. And here we go with Iowa. And Iowa's, their whole record for the year, you know, they were skating by, losing games. They weren't a good team. And then all of a sudden, they just, like, beat down on us like they're Ohio State. It was was terrible. Devil's advocate here. Keep in mind, they had Tommy Armstrong in that game, and he was not up to snuff. He couldn't. He wasn't mobile. He wasn't doing any of the Tommy Armstrong things he could do in the past. Yeah, but he doesn't play. He doesn't play defense. Mm. And Ohio and Iowa, they weren't. They weren't killing anybody offensively throughout the year. It wasn't until they played Nebraska where they looked like world pounders, and that's why they got a great bull like what they did. Sure. I mean, they're legitimate rivals, and they got our number. So, are they legitimate though? Are I they? would, I would. Uh, yeah. No. Okay then. Uh, uh, Derek, uh, what about you? For most disappointing, I'm sure you have a lot on your chest too. Oh, you guys are antagonizing. I mean, really, I was not a legitimate team, and they did beat Michigan. I mean, nobody. There was only. I mean, only Ohio State can say that. You know, other than Florida State. And. You know, to me, the most disappointing part of the season was the changing part of the season. When we lost to Wisconsin, and we had, I mean, they tried to hand us this game. Mm-hmm. They, they gave up two interceptions in the fourth quarter. They gave us the ball back with a minute 30. And instead of driving down the field and kicking a field goal and winning the game, the coaches seemed, to, seemed just contempt to go to overtime and, and you know, we, then they go to overtime and Wisconsin scores a touchdown but misses the extra point. Right. And so it seems like, oh, this is Nebraska's game to win. Right. All we have to do and is get in the end zone. Instead of winning the game, we throw three touchdowns, we throw four balls to the end zone or at least 20 yards instead of the 25 trying to get a big play rather than just – I'm surprised. Field, like in all fourth quarter. Are you surprised we, we didn't broke, try to we run broke the ball? Down the field all fourth quarter on these guys until the time meant the most. And are, are you surprised we didn't? Like they just gave up after that game. It, after that game, we got blown out by Ohio State. We got blown out by Iowa, and we got blown out by Tennessee. So it was like after that game, they just completely gave up on the season. I think you could argue that, I mean, it kind of took us out of our game plan. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't try to run it in that overtime and assert some physical dominance, but it just wasn't there. And then it's like it just disappeared. It vanished. So, yeah, I think Wisconsin was a huge turning point for me. I mean, yeah, our, our, our former defensive coordinator even came out and said that we seemed like a different team after that game. Which maybe that's why he doesn't have a job to this day. Yeah. But when yeah. when the coordinator 
comes out and says, hey, we didn't play the same after that game. And I think that, I think that tells the whole story right there. Well, we just lost our mojo and we didn't have that physicality we had earlier on. Uh, for me, I think the most disappointing part of the season was just how we finished it. I mean, if we, even if we did go 9-4 and four and, you know, get back to the status quo, so to speak, it was the way we did it. I mean, we just looked very lackluster. We just looked like we couldn't hang. And hopefully that's something that changes. It gives me a lot of doubt, honestly, about how we're going to perform uh, next season. But hopefully with this uh, recruiting class we have coming in and the signing day, that'll that'll turn the corner for us. But we certainly have a long ways to go. Uh, big shout out for the uh, for Vincent Valentine. Uh he is in the Super Bowl, uh, and that's 24 straight for Nebraska since 1993 with Husker represent. So throw the bones, Vincent. And that will do it for us here on the Cuscast. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to follow us on Podbean. You can find us on Player FM, and we're also available on iTunes. So don't forget to like us and write a review next week. We'll look back on signing day with all the sturm and drang of that dang drama. And until then, go Big Red! These pretzels are making me feisty! Go Big Red!